everyone. I'm Becky. And this is Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway. In our podcast, we discuss things related to musical theaters and plays. And in today's episode, we will be talking about Be More Chill. All right. So Be More Chill tells the story of Jeremy, who is an unpopular 16-year-old high school student who one day gets the opportunity to implant a computer chip in his head. And that computer chip is designed to help him thrive, mainly socially, but in general. So Claire, how did you first learn about Be More Chill? Well, it's from you again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I honestly, I'm ashamed a little bit because I feel like you know way more musical than I do, which actually (laughs) makes this really, really cool because I get to know things that I did not know before. And sometimes, well, I guess most of the time, they're pretty pleasant surprises. Be like, well, this is really cool. I wish I discovered this sooner and that sort of thing. So thank you, Becky. Oh, you're welcome. I definitely don't think that's the case. We each have our strength. You probably know a lot more sophisticated musicals than I do. Uh Like you, (laughs) you knew like Rent by Heart, I think. And you knew Romeo and Juliet and The Lion King, all the like really critically acclaimed musicals. And I'm coming here with like musicals that aren't on Broadway. (laughs) Um, And those can't sometimes be the best. Okay. So (laughs) we... Not just say that we each bring our own specialties or expertise onto the table. Exactly. So no familiarity, I guess, with Be More Chill. I am very briefly familiar with Be More Chill as well. Not that I haven't heard of it before. I think I heard of it maybe three years ago or something along those lines. And I started listening to the entire cast recording two years ago. And I listen to it occasionally. It's not one of my most frequently listened to. And this is the first time I actually watch it. So I think in our Percy Jackson episode, we discussed how the actor who plays Grover also plays Michael here in Be More Chill. And I was like, I can't wait until we get to Be More Chill because his solo here is one of the most well-known musical, modern musical numbers, uh, Michael in the Bathroom. And it features essentially everywhere if you listen to like musical playlists. So when we get to it, it'll be a nice surprise. Have you heard of Michael in the Bathroom before or any other song from here? I feel so bad, but no. (laughs) You have nothing to feel bad about. I feel like, and I will say this so, so frequently here, this musical is not for my demographic. I don't know if you feel like it is for your demographic. The only reason why I heard of it is because the musical fandom has a lot of younger people. It has like a, a good mix of ages, I think, but the younger people are very much aware of be more chill and I think the cult following from the musical is more their speed because if you look at the Wikipedia page or wherever other research you find about this musical you'll find that it's not necessarily a very critically acclaimed musical but Mm. it has a very very dedicated fan following so I'm hoping to do justice by the musical because I'm low-key kind of scared of them I'm not gonna withhold my opinion of anything if I don't think it's good I will say it's not good but maybe I'll try to be a little bit more refined in how I say it okay okay you know what this is very comforting because as I was watching through it I was thinking to myself like oh my goodness this is another high school theme musical and I'm not even that old but I guess watching things that is related to high school especially makes me realize how far away I am mm-hmm. from that period of time in my life and um not to mention I 
didn't really enjoy my high school that much. So watching all the high school kids or things that's just related to high school people, teenagers, problems, or I don't know, issues that they will have at the time just makes me feel so old and so out of place sometimes. So <laughs> I would say this is probably also not for my demographics, but I'm glad I'm not the only person who thinks that. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think we'll have a lot of time during this discussion of the musical to just open our high school wounds. If we have any, <laughs> for me, it's going to be middle school wounds because I had a pretty okay time in high school personally and kind of see how they compare and contrast to the characters here. But before that, I just want to say happy Lunar New Year. It is today is when we're recording it. It's February 1st. So to all those celebrating, happy Lunar New Year. Happy um, New Year. Do you want to say how yours went or you want to move right to my it? happy, like my new year? <laughs> I well, can cut this. <laughs> that just say, <laughs> it involves a lot of food, which is good because <laughs> usually, you know, if you're not really staying with your family, it's so much hassle having to cook all that much. And plus you can't finish it by yourself, right? Like mm-hmm. you're probably going to eat the leftover for the next couple of days. But then for this year, I actually have um, my cousin and my brother over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And we decided to do it on a Saturday night instead of yesterday, which is a Monday night where everybody needs to go work. Um, <laughs> so we had a celebration on the weekend. It was really, really nice. And I will happily to say that we actually did not have much left over left um we pretty much finished everything so that's really really good and I also try making rice cake by myself this year using powder like I did not make it from rice I know that's the traditional way that you should go about it I do not have the equipment I live in a condo in Toronto so let's be real (laughs) like there's no there's no way I could do that so using the powder and it turned out not tasting like anything that I had back at home at all but it's okay it's the spirit that counts so I would say my Chinese New Year actually this year is a pretty good one because that at least I'm celebrating with some family otherwise I am usually my all my family are back in Taiwan and it's just really hard to feel that holiday spirit when you are pretty much by yourself or there's only the two of you so that's good that's good this is one of the better year I have to say so Claire sent me some pictures and I haven't replied to the text I'm sorry Um, (laughs) but (laughs) from the pictures you sent me it looks absolutely delicious so you did say about the overall taste do you think it stems from the rice I think oh it's more the texture I think so if you use the rice um so you make the rice cake from rice mm-hmm. so sort of from scratch I guess um it's a lot more chewy I mm. think whereas if you make it from the powder sometimes it can be kind of I don't know hard mm-hmm. and not as soft I have no idea how to describe it but it just tastes different the powder is rice flour yeah okay and how is the it's red bean you made it with right how is the red bean paste it's okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it can be better. It can always be better. Uh, and I feel like that's something that I want to learn. You know, this is the type of thing that you did not really need to learn when you're staying at home pretty much. Yeah. Like your family, your parents, your grandparents sometimes will cook it for you. And you are so used to a certain taste of that family food. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like speaking of just getting old, I feel like this is time for me to start learning that because I realized I have no idea how to make it. And I had no idea how my parents or grandparents used to make them. Mm -hmm. So definitely something that I will add to my 
to learn list when I visit them back back in Taiwan um, whenever that's possible. <laughs> that's really good. I actually been thinking about myself too, and I questioned you before this, but you're the cook between you and your siblings. In your family, you are the cook.、Um, in my family, it's my brother, and he already investigated my mom thoroughly about all the recipes that are traditional to our household. And I feel a little bit more confident knowing that it's with him because I am a horrible cook. I'm a horrible, horrible, terrible cook. I know how to cook very, very certain things, and that is it. And since I don't enjoy cooking. At all, I don't even try. <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's very lucky that I live with my brother. I think because otherwise I would be so sad without my mom's cooking.、Mm. Especially considering I am a much pickier eater than you. I like my mom food and then very few other things apart from that, and that limits my options tremendously. So if I were to live alone, I think I would have to become a good cook if I ever wanted to experience those tastes again. Well, But I think that's exactly how I started cooking. Oh, I had no choice, right? <laughs> like, there's literally no other person that could cook my family food for me. So I. But your siblings also lived alone, right? You're not the only person who lived alone, and yet you are still the most qualified. That's true. <laughs> But I would say that.、Um, so if I for my brother, I feel like it's justified because he's younger than me.、Mm. And for all the rest of the family, I feel like because I'm probably the biggest foodie out of all of them,、wow. um, and I love eating. So not necessarily like I love cooking, but I like eating. So in order to eat, you need to cook. Otherwise, you just have to spend a lot of money, which I don't have. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, and I still do. But yeah, I 100% agree, and I think that's also where our difference stems from. Because I am not a big eater、um, necessarily. You wouldn't know it, but I'm not a big eater. I just really like the look of food. So if it looks presentable, I'm happy, and then I'll just order takeout if it doesn't taste very good. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. So yeah, that was a big tangent, but maybe we should go straight into the very very long summary for be more chill. Let's go. We open the musical with Jeremy, who is the protagonist. He is a junior in high school. Which, to our non-American audience, this is around grade eleven. So I believe he's either sixteen or seventeen, most likely sixteen. We see him before getting ready for school. So he narrates his struggles trying to get to school on his first day, and. This is where we go into our own experience. This is a me thing, or maybe you can tell me this is a you thing as well. But I feel like Jeremy is kind of like the most annoying little whiny crusty ass we've ever covered in the musical episode <laughs> so far, at least. And that includes Dear Evan Hansen, which, by the way. Did you notice that he's dressed kind of like him here? Yeah, I don't、stripes. think it's a coincidence. Yeah, I well, does it come later than、yes. Dear Evan? Okay, rip pop. No, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely see the similarities there. Yeah. Did you like Jeremy as a protagonist or as a person? Ah,、uh, man, not really. I feel like I can. I have very similar feeling towards him. Then、Sorry, I just I, googled this. Sorry to、what? cut you off, but no, be no, more no. chill. And dear, dear Evan Hansen came out the same year. Okay, okay, but, interesting. But it premiered off Broadway in 2018, so I think they took their notes from Dear Evan Hansen, and then when it was their turn to shine on pre-Broadway and then Broadway, did they go to Broadway? I think they went to Broadway.、Um, yes, in 2019, they took their notes. Of the wardrobe, and then they manifested their own version, which is very suspiciously similar to Dear Evan Hansen. When it was their time to shine, because、hmm. even the color 
if you look at yes, it. Yes. Yeah. It's blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Questionable. That, was, that was my conspiracy theory. And I have a few similarities that I noted between them and Dear Evan Hansen and another musical called 13, which premiered way before both of them. But this is something that I thought about. But yes. Um, what do you think about Jeremy? His his okay. I I'll be honest, I don't like him, but okay, I also God. don't like Dear like Evan Hansen too. So I don't like him either, but I like Jeremy at least three quarters of the way into this musical less because he's just so whiny and annoying. And I don't see like they don't harp endlessly about an underlying mental illness like they mm-hmm. do in Dear Evan Hansen. And Hello, editing Becky here. I recently watched a really, really good YouTube video called Be More Chill and Neurodiversity by Penguin Patroller Army. And I literally watched it right after we finished recording this episode. Uh, it has really good notes regarding all the characters in Be More Chill and Neurodiversity. So I would highly recommend for you to give it a listen because I didn't sense any of it while watching it. And this can give you a little bit more of an insight towards it. Also, True. this is a criticism that is very, very much associated with Dear Evan Hansen in the movie, but it's very applicable here. Jeremy, at least in the version we saw, looks older and he makes a lot of dumb mistakes that you would associate with a younger person like a person who's in high school or middle school Mm -hmm. and him being older didn't really help him out in terms of being more sympathetic Uh, so I think that might also be an issue with why I like him even less three quarters of the way in but the thing is sometimes I wonder if it's because I'm so far away from the high school life right now that when I look back or when I look at a plot like this and and or a character who's struggling so much so far that he would go to put a chip in his head and like betray his friend pretty much and that those are probably the biggest reason why I don't like him yeah but I wonder if it's because I forget how stressful that was because to me I can't really relate to him I can't really feel like oh these are the struggles serious enough that he needs to betray and dump his friend so that he can be popular whatever Mm -hmm. to me is not worth it but then would I feel the same if I was in his shoes like at that age I don't know and that is probably because I already grew out of that phase but then I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I guess <laughs> I'm just trying to say that maybe if you're an audience, someone who is closer to that age group or you were still in school, maybe you'll feel more relevant. Mm-hmm. That could be one reason. So that goes into something that I was also curious about. So I guess you don't remember your high school experience perfectly, but I'm not sure if you remember the high school environment. I think I do reasonably well. We're not that old. We're not that much out of high school. I feel like this, the way they portray high school or the high school scene is not very realistic. Like Mm -hmm. the most pervasive insults they're using is something like tall ass as an insult as a five foot four person, I'd be absolutely ecstatic and over the moon if somebody called me a tall ass, especially if like Jeremy here, I wasn't actually tall. So I don't think this is an insult to begin with. And then the other insult they use frequently, and it's supposed to have a lot of like gravitas and it's supposed to be really important is loser. Mm, True. I don't think this and the bullying they go through is very reminiscent of what like high school is actually like. Not that People are not bullied in high school and stuff like that. Obviously, they are. But I feel like it wouldn't be this juvenile if they are Mm -hmm. bullied. Like, this seems not even, like, not to say that it's not bad. It seems, like, pretty tame compared to other 
stuff that you see, you know? Right. I don't. Mm. But the other thing is, so recently, um, I started watching Fresh Off the Boat with oh, my family. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I think I told you when we first met that I love this series and you should watch it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm still think? on season one. It's so far, it's been pretty good. It's funny. Um, but the thing is, so I don't know if you remember, but in episode one, um, for those who don't know, I guess <laughs> I will not remember. Eddie with has memory. a challenge um, because he brings dumplings or something like mm-hmm. a Chinese lunch to school, and he was laughed at and bullied by other kids because they said that his lunch smells or something. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that was a, such a stereotypical bullying act that I did not know if it's real in real life or not. So I asked my brother, who went to elementary school um, in Canada. And he said it was actually real. Like, I came from a very small town in, in Vancouver. Like, that just say maybe about close to 50% of the people who go to my high school or like my school were Asians. So I never really thought that things like that would actually happen in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But then according to my brother, it was real. Like, it was, it was something that actually happened to Asian kids in that elementary school, which was so shocking to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe even though that it seems like, oh, that's still stereotypical, like it's not really that reflective of what could happen in real life high school. Maybe it still happens. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into this too much. But that recent experience with that lunch thing with mm-hmm. my brother was so shocking that I can't stop thinking like, okay, wow, things like this actually is real and actually happened. I just did not know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I never had any experience like this eh? because I didn't go to elementary school here and the food that I brought to any school would be a sandwich. And I don't know how much fun you can make of somebody who brings a sandwich to school. But I've seen people talk about instances like this online in relation to Fresh Off the Boat and other movies and series as well. And I've seen them bring it up constantly is something that happened to them so I don't know Mm. if this is something that is actually really common it's I can't talk from personal experience but I definitely seen a lot of people talk about their own experience in relation to the same situation Mm. so yeah I don't know did you witness any bullying ever in your high school well um nothing this aggressive yeah I think I think the furthest that we that it it went was maybe just like stop talking to some people Mm -hmm. and that's it and I was the person that I stopped talking to so that's okay (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but nothing like nothing physical happened yeah at least not what I witnessed and I'm not sure if it's because like we're girls so I feel like the relationship that girl groups have towards each other is going to be different than the relationship of Uh, boy friendships and maybe the kind of bullying that they experience is more emblematic of boy friendship and that's why we're like oh this is not that realistic or this is not something that we've seen Um, so I wonder I think we have like close to zero male audiences is that correct um from what I saw last time I think we have we still have them but uh, it's not the majority Fewer yeah. numbers, yes. Um, so if you are a teenage boy or if you've been a teenage boy and you want to make it known, <laughs> feel free to let us know if this is something that actually is realistic. Because to me, a lot of the high school depictions within this musical seem kind of weird and unrealistic. And I feel like most of the... No, actually, that's not true. Not most. But out of the high school musicals we covered, we've had at least one that is from a boy's perspective 
And then we had two that were in a girl's perspective, but they were like really over the top, like Mean Girls and Heathers. And in Dear Evan Hansen, I don't recall any bullying that occurred except for Connor to Evan before the suicide. So I wonder. Let us know. (laughs) Anyway, um, Jeremy arrives at school and he and his chill pothead wait, did I write pothead? I mean stoner, best friend Michael, are getting bullied by other students, which we discussed just now. (laughs) Jeremy decides to sign up to audition for the school play despite his better judgment because his crush, Christine, signs up as well. And this is the other similarity between this and Dear Evan Hansen that I have. So in here, the reason why he didn't want to sign to the after school play is because he's like, oh, no homo. People would think I'm gay. And also Jeremy has a quirky musical crush. So two similarities to Evan. (laughs) So after he decides to sign up for the play, he shows up to auditions and gets to talk to Christine about her love for play rehearsals because she likes being the center of attention. And uh, she also likes having a predictable script. We talked about my and your opinions of Jeremy, but I really want to kick Christine. It just... (laughs) I, I may be so harsh and it's just something that I cannot relate to in here, but just she and Jeremy are by far the worst part of Be More Chill for me. And I feel like that's a travesty and a tragedy considering they're kind of the focus here. So the characters that I do like from the musical are more of the side characters and the more central characters I have a little bit of a dislike towards. Christine, I feel like can be polarizing. So did you enjoy her? Christine was different because <laughs> if you think about it. all the um those like high school rom-com like usually the guy will fall in love with like either a really quiet girl or somebody who's like popular or whatever right mm. but christine is like a weirdo too which i thought was actually interesting that they made her a weird a weirdo or maybe not a weirdo but like she's different like she's not the type that is popular with quiet and I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting take on the, I guess, the main girl character. But I agree with you. She was very loud. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a hard time connecting, feel like feeling connected to her personality mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I don't even really think of her as a character too, too much because to me, I pay way more attention on the friendship between Jeremy and Michael than I do on the romantic relationship between Jeremy and Christine. A hundred percent. Because yeah. that relationship is actually interesting. <laughs> Are you familiar with the trope of the manic pixie dream girl? Nope. Okay. Um, it's a really popular trope and you ignited my memory of it because you said like the protagonist is either into like really quiet girls or really into the popular girl. And there is a third option, which is the manic pixie dream girl in a lot of rom-coms, especially around the 2010, like Zoe Deschanel rom-com. She was known for this, but it's the really, really quirky girls that are very like weird upbeat and they kind of turn the the protagonist who is kind of like a boring gray person and they show him how much fun it can be to live and how to live your life to the fullest so I wonder and I'm not very versed in like analysis of anything don't listen to me I have no English qualification or degree but I am debating whether Christine is a manic pixie girl or not I'm leaning Mm. more towards not because I feel like she is given more of her own personality towards the end of it. But usually like a defining feature of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is they exist only for the protagonist. And I see 
a reason why it would be the case here because spoiler alert i feel like jeremy's motivation in rejecting the script later the script later on is mainly kicked off because of her and not because of the friends and family lives he ruined or he disappointed Mm -hmm. so i can see why she would be classified but i'm not sure so if you if you are familiar with this and you have an opinion either or also let us know because I'm curious. And if you want to read about Claire later on and let me know what you think, I'd also be curious to see. Because I feel like there is a reason to argue either way. But anyway, so the popular kids arrive after Christine and Jeremy chat in their play rehearsal. And one of the popular guys, Jake, hits on Christine. So after the play rehearsal, Jeremy goes to the bathroom where one of the other popular kids, Rich, bullies him. So Rich lets him in on the secret on how he became popular in the first place because he was apparently kind of a loser in freshman year. But then he acquired a squip, which is a quantum nanotechnology CPU pill from Japan, which is implanted in the brain and tells you what to do to become cool. And then he offers Jeremy a squip as well. We then cut to Jeremy and Michael playing video games. Jeremy tells Michael about Rich's offer, and Michael very reasonably believes it's a scam. They then discuss how they should stick together right now and live through high school and the difficulty of high school. But then in college, they'll have the time of their lives because guys like them are cool in college. Interesting. Questionable. Questionable. Very questionable. I feel like... But at least you won't be bothered by other people. That's what I found. That's true. But I feel like you make of your college experience what you want. If you involve yourself in a lot of extracurriculars and clubs, depending on what they are, like even then you can meet absolutely nobody. But if you put yourself out there, you have a higher likelihood of having a good time. I don't think people would just flock to you because you're a nerdy guy in college or nerdy in college in general. True. Yes. Um, so Jeremy doesn't want to end up like his dad. So his dad is kind of like depressed and he's not really able to take care of himself after his wife left him, which we don't know how long of a time it was, but we do understand it was quite a while ago. Jeremy seemed kind of adjusted at this point, but his dad is still really out of it. So that's kind of what convinces him to try to take a leap and go for the squip anyway he convinces michael to come with him to see if the squip story is true and he promises that even if he gets it he won't leave michael and in my opinion he shouldn't make promises he can't keep so the two go to see the dealer and jeremy buys the squip and now claire another question for you okay (laughs) if you excuse me for just one minute what teenager has six hundred dollars in cash to spend on the shadiest deal ever. When I was a teenager, I thought 50 times before buying a $195 bagel with cheese at Tim Hortons, not like $600 scam, $195 bagel. And let's not forget that Jeremy is now from a single income household too. And we have no whiff of a part-time job or nothing. So where is all this expendable <laughs> income coming from? I like how you're thinking about this very seriously. Six hundred dollars. <laughs> that's so true. That's a lot of money. Or I mean, that's a lot of money for me even now. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> to to blow off on a scam. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe this is how they show how desperate he was. You know, like maybe the six hundred dollars doesn't come easy, even though they didn't really explain where that money comes from. But I'd imagine if it's a lot of money for me right now as a mid-20 adult, that it's probably also a lot of money for a teenage guy in Without high school. Without a job. 
and stay without a job. household family. Exactly. But then he still needs, or he's st- he was still willing to find that money in order to buy this, right? Maybe that tells you how desperate he was. I mean, they tried to explain it later, and I don't buy the explanation at, at all. So they say it's like bar mitzvah money. Uh, which, for those of you who don't know, it's like a ceremony you have when you're a 13-year-old uh, boy. Um, but at this point, he would have to save that money for the past three to four years. And spending it on a scam is really unrealistic, in my opinion. Just as an aside, so bar mitzvah is a ceremony that only Jewish boys go through. And I just would love to have <laughs> one non-neurotic Jewish character that we cover. I swear <laughs> to God, if we have... Actually, I think we had one non-neurotic Jewish character recovered, but it was such a non-issue within their characterization that it like nobody would even realize. I'm sure you didn't, actually, because you're not familiar with it. But did you know Brian from Avenue Q is Jewish? I did not know, actually. So when Wait, he and Chris- when he and Christmas Eve had their wedding, he like you saw the ceremony and the clothes they wore, or the people in the ceremony wore, and also they broke the glass. So in oh. Jewish ceremony, you break a glass. You like the guy is the groom step on glass, and on the, uh, step on the glass. Yeah. So like, doesn't it hurt? I mean, they did with shoes. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Thank and the glass is usually covered in some kind of like uh, aluminum foil, or I don't know what else. I went to a wedding last time when I was very very young so I don't really remember the process but I know this is something that happens and you can also see it in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Peter B. Parker had a Jewish wedding so you would see it just for a snip do you know why I mean like do you know why they have to step on the glass like is there a a story okay okay no clue whatsoever um it might be something about the destruction of the temple in jerusalem but i have no clue don't count me on that i'm very bad at like jewish history so (laughs) um so i think every other character that we covered that is jewish is going to be very very neurotic um or was very neurotic and if we cover them later on from memory the majority of them are so i hate I just don't think that the explanation they have for the bar mitzvah bunny is realistic whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder where else could he get the expendable income from? Plus, you would assume it would go towards his college fund. I'm just saying. That's also very true. Great point. Oh, anyway, this pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> the activation instructions for the script that he got are to take the pill with Mountain Dew, green Mountain Dew, before um, the dealer can tell him about the deactivation instruction, you might be able to extrapolate from what I said if you didn't watch the musical and assume it's not the green man to do. He's interrupted. So the two of them don't actually hear the deactivation instructions. Then Jeremy goes to the mall and he activates the squip with Michael's supervision and support. And honestly, I am such a Michael Protection Squad supporter. I'm the leader and founding member. I'm going to write you down as one of the founding members too, Claire, because I think you Thank you. Like <laughs> I love Michael. I honestly love Michael so much. So we're um, going to be yeah. co-presidents of the Michael Protection yeah. Squad. <laughs> uh, he's honestly like the best character here. He's so nice and supportive. I love Michael. So 
After he has been so kind to supervise him, Jeremy sees Christine and Jake and the squip activates only then. So his squip looks like Keanu Reeves in The Matrix, supporting my theory that this isn't taking place in the modern day. It's taking place in the 80s or 90s or something, even though they insist it's modern day. He immediately starts to work on Jeremy's entire personality and looks as well to make him a little bit more cool or a little bit more chill, as they put it. So they go clothes shopping since they're at the mall, and the squip instructs Jeremy to hit on a popular girl from their high school called Brooke. Yeah, I just want to chime here again. I feel like I'm cutting myself a lot in narrative. Let me know if it's annoying. But Jeremy has really, really good range in here, both sound and acting wise during the scene, because it's really, really hard to pull off. But he makes it work very well. And I want to know where is his Tony, because from what I've seen... He didn't get a Tony for Be More Chill. And I don't think Be More Chill got a single Tony. Let's, let's, yeah, no Tony. They were nominated for a single Tony. And the Tony wow. was for Best Original Score, not even for Best Actor. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So after this whole thing, the Squip instructs him to essentially hit on Brooke and it proves to be very successful because Brooke offers Jeremy a ride and in here Jeremy faces kind of his first dilemma between who he wants to be and who he was and he accepts Brooke's invitation despite the fact that Michael is waiting for him so he's kind of blowing Michael off so the next day is the first day Jeremy goes to school with his activated chip which the chip kind of points out everybody else's insecurity and he does that to make it easier for Jeremy to manipulate them in some way. That's interesting, I found. But Chloe, who is Brooke's more popular friend, lies to Christine during play rehearsal. And she says that Jake is essentially a floozy who goes from girl to girl. And that's because she's jealous because she was Jake's ex-girlfriend. After rehearsal, Christine confides in Jeremy that she likes Jake. And Jeremy is adamant that he wants Christine, even though she has no feelings towards him, and asks the squip to help him out no matter what. Brooke shows up and offers to make out with under the bleachers. And at the same time, Jake confesses to Christine. So the two couple and the rest of the students bond over wanting to branch out from the box they're put in, which is another moment that I felt was very dear Van Hansen because it felt like a little bit more serious and the rest of the musical is not very serious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you had the same feeling. Did you feel at all that it has any relation or connection to Dear Evan Hansen besides the dress? The oh my God, dress? a lot. Okay, thank um, God. Yeah, like the party song too, when they have a Halloween party, I'm like, oh man, they just have to have a party song whenever there's a, it's just high school related musical. Yeah. Always, always a party song. Oh my goodness. I know. Like for me, it was immediately like, oh, hello, Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly that. And hello, Heathers, kind of. Yeah, like, um, it wasn't Halloween, but true, true. Yeah. I think Dear Evan Hansen was unique in not having a party song then. Yeah. But yeah, so after this whole dramatic affair, Jeremy is alone at the bleachers when he notices Michael for the very first time that day. So Michael confronts Jeremy about the fact that he's been ignoring him. Jeremy didn't even realize he was doing that because the script tells Jeremy um, in that moment that he has been blocking his optic nerve to avoid Michael because Michael is part of old Jeremy in order for him to be upgraded. So if he wants to keep the upgrade, he needs to let Michael go. So Michael puts like one and one together, great for him, and figures out that the script actually worked. And then the poor, poor thing is still trying to be a good friend and is excited for Jeremy, only for Jeremy, who is the crust lord here, 
to decide to stop being a loser. And if that's the case, he needs to let Michael go, as we established. So he's like, oh, you know, I know you're excited for me and you're doing everything you can to be a good, supportive friend. But fuck you. I'm going to do my own thing. Bye, Michael. And that is the end of Act One. So truly, he is in his flop era and he wants to become a villain. And that's how they leave us. I was devastated. (laughs) Why are you doing what you're doing, Jeremy? I was very conflicted because on one hand, I can sort of understand. And I guess the song really does the trick of conveying um, the emotion, the pressure, the the stress that he's been feeling. So like on one hand, I sort of feel bad for him. But on the other hand, that doesn't justify what you're trying to do to Michael. Like mm-hmm. he's your only friend. He's been, always been there for you. So for 12 what he years. Did, yeah, was so heartless. So I don't know. Like <laughs> it was a it was a difficult one. Um, yeah, I, I would never, never let a friend like Michael go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine like having a friend for 12 years is so difficult as is. It's just crazy. And it seems like I feel like it's much easier to make friends when you're younger and it's no secret because you have an environment you're going to be in together 24-7. You have less responsibilities and being in that kind of social environment is really, really important than compared to when you're older. So it can make it easier. But 12 years is still something that is really difficult, even as a childhood friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And Jeremy spares maybe half a thought and then he makes the decision very, very quickly. And I feel like that's not the kind of conflict you will have in high school, which is a big complaint I have about this. Like, I could see that happening in middle school. I had a straight up horrible time in middle school. And I think this is your equivalent of high school. But I think even you, like you said, you wouldn't give up a friend like this in high school. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was never faced with the choice. Like, oh, if you want to be popular, you got to, you know, leave this friend behind or whatever. But I just... Maybe it's my personality too. Like I'm always not the type that wants to be super popular or the center of attention anyway. Mm. So I would much rather have maybe a few that's really, really good friends that's really close to me um, rather than like a bunch of friends um, that I can be popular with kind of. So that's just me though. A hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. I think that's probably a big difference. But honestly, I don't see Jeremy's personality as being like the really popular guy who is so extroverted and friends with everybody I think he would probably prefer the same thing and I don't know if it's still like a lingering trauma from his mom leaving him or whatever and he's just manifesting it in radically different ways than his dad and that's kind of like what I've been thinking while watching this like oh you know Jeremy definitely makes a lot of mistakes but maybe it is stemming from trauma that he had Mm -hmm. but I still like maybe because they don't talk about his hurt from what his mom did compared to the amount of time they talk about it from his dad's point of view to explain his behavior but I just it doesn't seem like he's as affected and I feel like if they want to give us a clue that this is part of the reason that he cares about it so much it's not only because he doesn't want to end up like his dad but it's also because he is hurt by what his mom did so it's like two sides of the equation I don't Mm -hmm. think they harped on enough Mm -hmm. yeah they should have at least mentioned that or maybe bake it into one of his solos or mm-hmm. something um, to show that trauma a little bit, then then maybe the audience will have an easier time connecting to him, feeling bad for him and really rooting for him in some ways, rather exactly. than just be like, well, Jeremy, you're a straight up douchebag. 
Okay. <laughs> and I think they should they had the perfect opportunity to do it in the act one closer because the act one closer is I think the first time that we really hear about Jeremy's internal monologue and why he's doing what he's doing or why he cares about it so mm. I feel like until now he's been reacting to everything that has been happening to him so he's been reacting to his bullying in school and he's been reacting to getting the squip and stuff like that but this time Jeremy reflects and during his reflection they could have just put like oh you know I have some trauma for my mom <laughs> yeah or at least like make it seems like he was having a really really difficult time making the choice like mm. he still misses Michael or something and I'll just be like okay do you, like activate and then he blocks off Michael and that was it I mean I know yeah maybe I'm definitely saying this from like somebody who likes Michael a lot so I feel like <laughs> <laughs> even if he showed just a little bit of uh, hesitation that will make me feel better okay so Act two opens up with a party you talked about. So this is a Halloween party. So Chloe takes Jeremy to Jake's parents' room where she hits on him. Jeremy, to his credit, tries to escape, but the script prevents him from doing so. And then after that prevention maneuver, he mysteriously malfunctions at that point. And we later on find out it's because Jeremy was, was drunk. So apparently drinking alcohol makes the chip ineffective. Um, but Chloe pretends to have sex with Jeremy to make Jake jealous. And it works really, really well because Jake chases Jeremy while Brooke believes Jeremy actually cheated on her. So in the end, Jeremy finds refuge in the bathroom where Michael is hiding from the party. Michael oh. is pissed at Jeremy, but is still such an angel because he warns Jeremy that the script can be really, really dangerous. And so he like researched into this and he tried Googling and hearing around and he heard that other people who took it ended up in a mental hospital. So then he also asks some really great questions about the motivation of who created the script and Jeremy, like the absolute worst person in the world, which is what he is at this point, tells Michael he's just jealous of him. And then he calls him a loser. Do better, Jeremy. So then after this whole debacle, Jeremy goes to Christine, who is now alone, and comforts her about the whole situation with Jake. Jeremy finally plucks up the courage to ask Christine out, which again is such a jerk move because she just became available again. He really yeah. should give her time. Did you? I couldn't believe that he did that. Like, and in this point, the script wasn't even activated. That's true. I mean, maybe that's why that he did that. I mean, he was also drunk. So I guess I could find benefit of doubts here too, but it's such a jerk move, especially considering we see that he cares about her truly and he has the capacity to be considered towards her later on. Um, mm. But this was a really bad move. So obviously Christine refuses because she wants to figure herself out before dating somebody else. And especially since she just ended a relationship with somebody right now. Rich, meanwhile, frantically looks for Red Mountain Dew, which we find out turns off this quip. Also later discover that Rich set fire to Jake's house and essentially burnt it to the ground. At home, Jeremy's father confronts him about going to the party and is really worried that Jeremy could have been hurt. And Jeremy fires back at his dad and calls him a loser too. And I'm sensing a real theme with his insults. I really wish that he was more creative. And also I wish that he stopped projecting. His mm. dad realized that he hasn't been there for his kid and decides to be the father that Jeremy needs. Jeremy, <laughs> I know. And then the best combo of the century, Jeremy, dad, go to see Michael and recruit him on his campaign to help Jeremy out. Can you ask for a better family and friends? 
I don't think so. I know the the moment um his dad goes to Michael and be like, "Do you want to see that?" Um, how Jeremy is going to end up all horrible and stuff, and Michael is like, "No," and I'm like, "Oh, Michael." I know. If it's I me know. at this point, I'll be like, I don't give a shit, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, let Jeremy be evil. Let Jeremy be horrible. Michael is who we need to focus no, on. I mean, I okay, maybe that doesn't mean that I necessarily want to see my friend like in a horribly, but then I <laughs> think I will still be so mad at them. Oh, 100%. That, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, I just thought it's just so angel of Michael. Michael um, is honestly the friend sweetheart. that everybody deserves. Yeah. So yeah, at school, Jeremy starts questioning the squip when he runs into Christine. So Christine reveals that Rich is at a hospital and the squip directs Jeremy to perform his evil plan, which is to drug the entire school with squips during the school play. Jeremy asks Christine if she wants to take a squip and Christine understandably reacts negatively and refuses. And we also learned that she was familiar with the squips before. Plot twist. Actually, I made a connection, but I'm not sure if it was like supposed to be a deep cut or not. But the person that Michael read about that went to a mental hospital is the person that Christine knew from summer camp. Mm -hmm. Okay. It wasn't a deep cut then. I was just thinking it was clever. Um, (laughs) So then only now Jeremy starts to truly resist the squip after his conversation with Christine. So the squip foresaw that Jeremy would resist and he forced everybody to drink from the beaker. So he didn't put it in Jeremy's hand for a choice. Jeremy figures out that Red Mountain Dew deactivates the squip all on him, all on his own. But the squip is confident it doesn't exist anymore since they had it discontinued for this particular reason. Mike luckily is once again the MVP and he shows up to save the day with Red Mountain Dew. And thank God, Michael asks Jeremy to apologize mm-hmm. before, or not before, but because Jeremy owes him like a big fat apology in my opinion. But if I make a suggestion for the future, I think the time to make the apologies after he drinks the Mountain Dew and not before, because if they didn't have the lucky coincidence that they have afterwards, I feel like they would all have been screwed. The Mountain Dew is disposed of by drugged up Jake, but Jeremy and Michael manage to fight the drugged squips for the few last drops of Mountain Dew. Before drinking those last drops, Jeremy is given a choice of being with Christine or drinking the Mountain Dew. And Jeremy chooses to sacrifice himself and give the Mountain Dew to Christine. And when she drinks it, all the squips malfunction because they're all connected and therefore destroying one destroys all of them. So after that lucky, happy coincidence happens, Jeremy recovers from the events of the play and finds supportive family and friends surrounding him and giving him advice. He now needs to learn to tune out all the voices from everybody else in his life and think about what he wants for himself. And in the end, Chrissy and Jeremy go out and uh, bond over the experience with the scripts that they had. And this is how the musical ends. So, yay. yay. Um, I feel like we injected a lot of our thoughts into it. So maybe it'll make the song analysis section a little bit quicker, but we shall see. So let's open with Jeremy theme and let's connect it with More Than Survive. Yeah, I personally think More Than Survive is a good introduction number. Agreed. It's also very long, (laughs) (laughs) but it's okay. But it's okay. Um, I feel like after all these long, really long opening numbers, I am developing a 
tolerance for these. <laughs> um, so I feel like I'm more okay with longer numbers than I was before. So I'll let this one slide. And plus this one, actually, there's a lot of information in there. The music actually sounds pretty good. So I don't mind it as much. But I agree. The note that I have for this song is actually... There is so much Dear Evan Hansen vibe that I got from this. Mm -hmm. And I think we already talked about that. So, yeah. Did you have any specific vibes that we haven't mentioned? No. I I think the biggest thing was definitely the outfit Mm. and just his personality in general. A hundred percent. Like the erotic person who is who doesn't have many friends or he has one friend or whatever. And he Mm -hmm. really wants to be more connected to other people or more popular and when he gets a pro- the story is so similar in my opinion yeah exactly even the how um the opening starts is also very similar just like them by themselves right oh but that's i and- feel like that makes sense because usually the opening number would be like the status quo for the person and if the person is really socially awkward and anxious and he doesn't have many friends it would be similar i think okay Fair enough. I was going to say, but Sweeney Todd didn't open with Sweeney, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But Sweeney Todd opened differently. So I think Sweeney Todd opener would be similar to the one from Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, where they have kind of like an outside narrator talking about what will happen later on and acknowledging that this is kind of like a story that is about to be told. I love that sort of opening. I love it. But anyways. For Sweeney Todd? Because I yeah. I remember you giving it quite a low score. For Sweeney Todd? Yeah, you give it like, a, I give it higher than you. I think you give it a five and I get a six. And I, I I'm still terrified from Sweeney Todd. The score doesn't say anything about the introduction or like the, the opening song. It has particular. a whistle. No, but I'm saying that the fact that I give it a lower score doesn't mean I don't like the opening. Or the introduction. Uh, oh, you only like the opening. No, no. Okay, that's not also not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm just trying to state a fact that I enjoy the opening number like that. I see. <laughs> Why is it so hard? No, because, okay, I, I reflect on it. And we're like, we had the exact opposite view. And I was like, that's so interesting. I was like, the reason why I'm giving it six is because the music is beautiful and it's complex. And I, I love all the musical elements and how they go together. And you're like, I love the story and I love the acting. And I was like, fantastic I'm scared to death of that with the music (laughs) (laughs) so now I had the setup of the entire reasoning behind both of our likes and dislike in my mind and you're crumbling it by mentioning that you like the opening number oh the story the storytelling aspect of it like I like that sort of storytelling way oh okay (laughs) that's all I care about okay we've come a long way but it's okay we we come full circle but in the end my way of thinking is preserved okay so more than survive was a thumbs up for you yeah it's okay yeah it's okay okay it's still just like a tolerance for you for long numbers but not a love yeah it's not my favorite I just say that we will change that to become like love towards longer numbers and complexity. We'll see. <laughs> Personally, uh, I agree with you. I know I riff a lot about how unlikable Jeremy is, but this opener is actually so good. And I find this opener is also really, really interesting because from what I can see, it's a kind of like a combination of an I want song and an opening number of like the status quo that we already talked about. So like Jeremy's I want is like being able to more than just survive and then one can dare to hope and dream that he can thrive and also it shows you everybody around him and all the important characters that will 
prop up throughout a musical. So I find that's really interesting from that perspective. It's very efficient, even though this musical is not especially short. It's like two hours and 10 minutes or something along those lines. So a normal length. I also like another aspect of it. So when it introduces the different characters, it gives you musically something to latch onto. So for example, with Michael, they have like a reggae, I think that's the right genre, but a reggae kind of like sound to him to signify that he's more chill. They also have a different riff for Christine when she shows up to have like more of a quirky theater kid energy. So I think they also do a good job in terms of that. So everything is really well established. I also really like the vocal range in the song from the comedic deep voice of Ensign when he talks about like the school play to the falsetto in Christine. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, I'm sure about you. (laughs) Scratch it. I don't know. But when I hear the name Christine, I personally associate with Phantom. So (laughs) I was really waiting. I was itching and waiting for him to turn the Christine falsetto that goes up to the phantom Christine. She's like, Christine, Christine, Christine. That would be so clever. (laughs) I wish that happened. I wish that happened because they have other references to musicals. They seem to borrow or be inspired by other musicals too. So I feel like this would be so good, especially in play rehearsal and theater and being on stage. And it's a geeky note that he could have shown that they were compatible. But no, I would have loved that. Yeah, despite it being like 10 minutes long, I think the song overall maintains pretty good energy throughout and it has really decently catchy parts. And the performances especially are really, really strong. Now we get to a solo of another character that I dislike, um, Christine, in I Love Play Rehearsal. I'm okay with the song. Uh, Musically, it's not my favorite because she's really loud. Mm. And (laughs) I usually don't like really loud songs. I'm more like ballet type of songs. I don't know. Like even if it's a lot a loud songs, like the music just has to be good. And for me, this one isn't really hitting the spot. Um, And that's honestly pretty much it. I can see why you don't like Christine. And I'm okay. Like I'm pretty neutral about her. I kind of don't engage any sort of emotional connection with her as a character she was just kind of there for me Mm. I don't really feel like we know a whole lot about her but this is a good introduction to her because it does introduce that extra little depth into um, who she is as a person Mm -hmm. Um, otherwise if if not for that she's just kind of there like a motivation for uh, Jeremy to act on whatever that he is about to do yeah no I agree I don't know what it is about Christine like I don't mind quirky characters whatsoever in fact I usually kind of like them but something about the way that she's portrayed maybe it is the loudness or just the quirkiness that seems more grating than endearing to me so for me it's kind of annoying but I don't even know what it is like for you I can understand because you're like you're very quiet you're very composed I don't see you as very similar to Christine at all but I tend to be quite loud to be honest so maybe I recognize myself in Christine in some function or way and that's why I don't like her mm. who's to say so I don't think either of us was like a theater kid right no did you ever take theater class I did 
but I, oh, okay. I think I talked about it before, but I was the worst. Like I took theater class when I was in Israel and I only took it for a year and I was really, really bad. I was put in the back with all the minor roles with the kids who had accents and I'm born and raised there. Like my, my parents were born and raised there. So I don't see why I would have that. But apparently whenever I do talk in Hebrew, I do have an accent for whatever bizarre reason. And I also sound a little bit more quiet not to mention I'm a horrible, horrible actor. So this is not root for me. This is not my personality whatsoever. Uh, also for grade three to five, we took drama class. We had to take drama class in school. Did you mm. ever had any mandatory drama or like no. non-traditional art class? No, I thought about it because our school did offer it, but but I think my English was just too shitty at the time. And I'm like, okay. This is probably not going to be fun. And plus, I really, really hate when people pay attention to me, like on the stage. I get super nervous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can probably tell I also suck at public speaking. So I don't think I can ever be on stage, to be honest. Aww. So I enjoy them, obviously. I, oh, yeah. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't ever think that I could be a part of it. Maybe on the production team. Or some sort of like costume design or things like that, like Ooh. more on the back end stuff. I could see you being like a stagehand or like the director. I could totally see you as a director. Really? All the power. That's actually sounds so much fun. <laughs> oh, I can totally see you. Like you should pursue that just for like, you know, community theater or whatever. I think you'll have loads of fun. I was, I did participate in a lot of arts growing up. Like I was always in some kind of arts. I think I talked about it before, but if you're new here, I was in choir for eight years. I never got a solo because <laughs> I didn't want them. I was also very, very shy. I was in ballet for like five or six years and I did get a lot of solos there actually so I guess oh nice I did not know that oh yeah yeah because it was a smaller production it's not like very very competitive and I was consistently either the second best or the third best in the ballet studio because I was there for so long and I had lots of close friends so I enjoyed it and I also we both played an instrument I we both played a flute actually Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of solos for school assemblies with the flute because I was like one of the only students in our school that played this specific instrument and it's easy to bring to like school assemblies because it's not like something heavy like a piano so I did have a fair amount of instances where I did have to be performing in public but never in an acting capacity and never in singing (laughs) for school at least like I had performances Mm -hmm. in a small writers group which I talked about before with my friends and it was just amongst friends so it wasn't something that was like really really nerve-wracking to the same extent as in front of people you don't know Mm -hmm. did you you had school assemblies too and you did play instruments and stuff like that so were you ever on a stage like no I was never in band that's the thing like how did you study the flute like just one-on-one you didn't have any orchestra you were a part of exactly oh okay interesting yeah I think at my school there were too many people playing flute and I also came in kind of late right Mm -hmm. um when I came in everyone was already in the school band already and there wasn't like an extra space or anything so I did not make it in there which was so sad because I feel like band in my school was such a big thing and they also have like annual band trip that they would go to like Disneyland or like how it was amazing it was amazing I was so jealous Disneyland yeah oh my god (laughs) I'm so jealous I was too. And we never did that. Yeah. 
<laughs> Actually, a huge motivation for why I even joined, like, we had an orchestra. We had, like, a band, school band, technically, but we never met or anything like that. It wasn't a big deal where I was, uh, where I went to school. But for the orchestra, I know that they competed internationally. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I want to go to, like, Europe or I want to go abroad and compete. I never did. But uh, that was a huge draw for me. And it was also a huge draw why I started ballet because I was very, very against it to begin with. And ah. um, I was going to be enrolled either way. I learned later because my sister was enrolled and she hated ballet the entire time. But when I enrolled, I was going to have to be there because my parents couldn't pick us up after school, right? So mm-hmm. if both of your parents are working, there is a high likelihood, I feel like, that you would go to a lot of extracurricular activities because they have jobs to do. <laughs> I don't know if it was your experience as well because uh, I don't know, like maybe your aunt picked you up or something along those lines or maybe it's a different cultural aspect. But that was a huge reason why I was involved in a lot of extracurricular. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of extracurricular stuff, um, especially in Taiwan. Usually after school, you go to some sort of, what is it in English? Like some sort of, class uh-huh. to study more so even in elementary say, school um yeah like I started studying English when I was really really young so I'll go there maybe twice a week or something and for other times I don't really remember I was doing like I had piano lessons but that was when I was like maybe five or six and I only lasted so like maybe three months or something. I also have painting class, <laughs> but I was also really, really young and it only lasted less than a year. So okay. as you can see, I have nothing that is um, on the longer term. I see. <laughs> I kind of just like tried this out and I'm like, okay, I don't like it. Okay, time to switch to the other thing. And I tried <laughs> this other thing out and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's My really brother, good, he, he studied chess though. So he'll go to a chess class. Yeah like Chinese chess mm-hmm. um, and he's been doing that for a really really long time like I think a couple of years until we moved to Canada oh, so that wow. was actually quite cool yeah where were we I love play rehearsal still the second song um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can run through it <laughs> we can run through it anyway so as I mentioned I don't like Christine either she's just too weird I don't find her engaging the song doesn't do anything for me I can't put my finger exactly on why she seems so annoying rather than endearing for me but that's the case I like though to her credit that there is a little bit of foundation and foreshadowing for her which comes back later um, with like oh it's really nice to follow a script so you can think about like the issue she will deal with later on in the play when she's offered the chance for a script mm-hmm. or a script. So do we have anything to say about more than Survivor Praise? No. The script song. It's okay. It's a, it's an okay song after all. I think the vocals actually pretty good. I find a part when they just like repeatedly say that it's from Japan, like really funny. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't really get why it's so funny <laughs> so I was trying to understand like why why do I find this funny like what about it coming from Japan is funny like maybe because Japan is known for having some really weird products mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen them but like you back in Taiwan we have J- Japanese tv shows um all the time and sometimes they have really weird programs that introduce really weird products for example one of the products I remember 
still to this day is um, a pair of jeans. But then instead of just normal jeans, they have those tablecloth or maybe not table, but like some sort of some sort of thing that you can wipe your hand. You know how oh. like after you're washing your hand, sometimes if you don't find um, something to like dry your hands with, uh-huh. you kind of just tap it on your on your butt or something to dry it. And so that they made, um, so they saw those, I don't know, tablecloths-ish kind of thing onto the butt of the, <laughs> of the chairs. <laughs> wow. So when you want to dry your hands, you can just use that. And I was like, who in their right mind thought this was a good idea? But at the same time, I can't also understand. That's so weird. Anyways, Japan That's is so great. unsanitary. You sit on your butt <laughs> all the time. I know. <laughs> Why won't you do it in the front? Because you can see it. Oh, you can. Oh, it's not like a jean color. Yeah, no, it's not. That's oh, the wow. funny part. Questionable fashion choice. <laughs> I know, I know. Anyways, um, yeah, Japanese product is is amazing. They're amazing. So, yeah, I feel like I don't really have a lot of things to say about this song, but there is always that one song in in musical especially high school thing musical that shows you how the main character is about to fuck up mm. or is fucking up and i feel like this is definitely one of those so yeah. yeah yeah for sure uh i actually really really like this song no surprise it's a weird song it's batshit crazy and therefore it has my name all over it um and the specific reason why i like it is because of what you mentioned that it's from japan the energy just changes after rich belts out is from japan for the very first time and it's just so elite and unparalleled in my mind i've never seen energy like that in any other musical so for me it's unique and really really quirky i love it um speaking of questionable fashion choices i swear to god this is the last time i mention it Or I hope that this is the last time I mention it. But to me, it's crystal clear that the person who was in charge of wardrobe or costuming, whatever, clearly I'm not a theater kid, um, went to high school in the 80s or was very, very inspired by like John Hughes coming of age movies. Because if it were today, like actual modern day, I think the popular kids would have their um, wardrobe reversed with the unpopular one. So like I could see the popular kid in a similar ensemble to what Jeremy's wearing and the really unpopular or a little bit of a weirder kid wearing what the popular kids are supposed to wear. Because like, did you see Rich's outfit? He had like a muscle tee that shows up his entire chest, which I'm sure will be a high school code violation. But then again, he's not a girl, so I don't know. But even the girls, like the mini skirts they're wearing, like they would obviously have a violation code for dress or whatever it is. Like they're dressed so bizarrely and they definitely don't look like modern teens today. Mm, that is so true. That is so true. You do pay a lot of attention to, I think, outfits in general, which is great. I always, I don't know. Yeah. I, like every single person I see, I, I note their outfits if I like part of it. I was like, oh, maybe I can find something similar for myself later. <laughs> um, and if I don't like it, obviously I keep it to myself. You do you. What works for you may not work for me. And that's totally cool. The next one is two-player game, which is a Michael Jeremy song. So what do you think of it? Yeah, I really like the song Yay. because it, it actually sort of reminds me of the Spider-Man Peter and Ned like the Tom Holland version because mm-hmm. especially when the two of them just playing video games 
I don't know how often you actually go to your friend's house to play video game because I see that a lot, especially in North American TV or movies.、Mm. But it just for me personally, I never really had that sort of experience going into、um, like my friend's place, hang out at their place, and and play games together. And I don't know why I feel like it's because. You're either really busy going to the after school classes,、mm-hmm. <laughs> and that will last the whole day,、um, or we are just more private, probably as a community. Like you don't really go to other people's places.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I I have a hard time relating. But I whenever I do see that happening, whether it's in a musical or movie or whatever, there's just a part of me be like, oh, that must be so nice, just like hang out together. You know, after school, because usually school ends pretty early in North America too. So you have like so much time just to hang out together and play games together. That would be so nice.、Mm-hmm. I wish my childhood was like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm、How、not a、you? video game player, so I never had the experience of playing video games with anybody. I don't think I played like a single. Actually, that's a lie. I played like Mario Kart once, and I sucked. And apart from that, no other video games. But I have a lot of experiences of going to a friend's house and watching movies together. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I just had a lot of free time that I wasn't utilizing in another way. But it has been it has been a lot of fun, and it's really nice when you have a friend that you feel so comfortable around, like. The two of them feel like, and I actually really, really buy their chemistry and the fact that they've been friends for twelve years. Like I see that. I think their banter is pretty reliable, and it, they also seem like they're really comfortable around each other, just like their general vibe.、Uh, and also, like you get kind of evidence based on the things that are happening in the story. Like Jeremy shares the squip story with Michael, and he also counts on him to come with him to like the dealer. So obviously, there's a lot of trust between them. The Only issue that I think I do have with the song is how clear it is that Jeremy will go on and ignore Michael. I don't know. It was just like, oh, obviously, if they're having the song at this point, they're going to walk all over that as soon as the squib is acquired. You know, there, there couldn't be any mystery there. It was all abundant and clear, and the entire plot here is very. There is no mystery to the plot. <laughs> here, you can predict what's going to happen. Line for line, almost. And also, I want to say one last thing: the dealer that they go to, he has a pair of Crocs that are lit AF, <laughs> and that caused me to vomit almost. Like, I feel like for this line alone, or for dealing the squips, he should go to jail. Oh wow! <laughs> no, but seriously, I I agree that they really need to update their sign. Not that I'm the I'm an expert in that matter. Actually, I'm super super bad at those. But yeah, if you want to convince that this takes place in a like right now, like modern time, you need to do your research. Yeah, I I have no words. I have no words. I'm just speechless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the script enters and be more chill part one. Now,、uh, do you want to combine it with do you want to write and be more chill part two if we're already at it? No, we can combine them. Okay, let's combine all of them. So the script enters. Be more chill, part one. Do you want to ride and be more chill, part two? Yeah. Um. I don't know how I feel about the song being more chill because、mm-hmm. the whole song, the script pretty much just tells me that everything about you is horrible,、mm-hmm. and I don't like that sort of message of sending of like telling people how they need to look a certain way or. Just 
you know, you have to wear certain clothes, have a certain hair to fit in or、mm-hmm. to be popular. And oh my god, this is gonna sound PC, but I swear I'm not trying to be. It's just me. I'm so tired of try- trying to paint a picture of what successful looks like,、mm-hmm. and then everyone needs to fit into that box. And for high school, you can be talking about hair, clothes, shoes, whatever. And in after you start working or after you graduate from college, it's about like how much money you make, what sort of houses you own, or what kind of car you drive, and all that superficial element of what your life should look like in order to be successful is putting a lot of stress on people. And this is the stress that I think is unnecessary because everyone needs and wants different life. So why do you always paint this only one version of success? And trying to promote people to be like that, and the fact that the song is all about this and and denying your person from pretty much everything, like from your outside look to inner personality, and saying that everything about you is horrible and needs to change, is just defeating. I don't know, defeating my personal belief that you should just. Be who you are, <laughs> and、mm-hmm. I feel like this is a lesson that's really hard to learn, and is is especially for teenagers. So I can get it why is necessary to have this sort of song here. I just don't want whoever is watching it, especially if you're a younger audience, to get the wrong idea.、Um, even though that is supposedly to be the whole purpose of the show, but I still really, really dislike the song because of that message here. But that's just me. Um, and I think I, in general, don't like materialism very much,、mm-hmm. um, and、uh, and I feel like living in Toronto, especially, gives me that sort of stress sometimes that you need to have a certain lifestyle,、mm-hmm. um, and it's just yeah, it, it's stressful. It's stressful for a lot of people, and myself included, and that's why I think I'm extra.、Um, what's the word? Resistant to to accept this sort of songs, this sort of message,、mm-hmm. and especially for younger audience, like no, you do not need to look like that. Look a certain way to be popular. No, okay, yeah. But that's so you、me. would say that the message in this musical then is really important. Yeah, I think so. I、mm-hmm. I think it's a very simple one. And、mm-hmm. I wish that they do more to make it a lot more interesting and create more room for reflection.、Mm-hmm. But I do think that whatever they're trying to convey is is positive. I just think the ex- execution can be done a lot more、mm, cleverly. Like it could it could、um, be a lot better、okay. in a lot of ways.、Um, but I think the message is okay. Interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't think this is ten out of ten musical from reasons I already voiced, so that's not going to be a surprise. But compared to other high school musicals we've seen before, especially ones that are more grounded in reality and less fantastical, I think this one actually had an interesting spin on it because there is another musical that I already talked about a little bit here, but there is a musical called Thirteen. And that has a very, very similar plot and messages to this one. And a lot of people may have heard of it because it's starring Ariana Grande and a lot of other really famous people, or people who will become famous later on. So there is this, and there is Dear Evan Hansen, who are more grounded in reality about high school. And I think this one does add a different element. So it's kind of like in between of 
Dear Evan Hansen and 13 and musicals, they're taking it way more out there, like Mean Girls and Heathers, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of the songs themselves, no joke, I love Be More Chill Part 2 specifically because I would just walk and live my life and I would remember the you will Be More Chill. And I was like, genius, amazing. I have to voice it and I have to replay that reminder over and over again. And I don't know why it's just so catchy that it's implanted there and it tells me what to think. I like that part a lot. And that part specifically is super catchy and great and fun. I also really like that the actor um, who plays Jeremy here has a lot of range here, a lot of acting and singing. And that's the reason in this song he needs a Tony. But um, I feel bad saying it, but I didn't think that the actor who played a squip did as good of a job comparable to Jeremy and the rest of the cast I don't know if he's the one I heard in the cast recording maybe he was just having a bad day or something but Mm -hmm. he had a little bit of difficulty belting the higher notes in here Mm -hmm. in terms of do you want to ride I personally really like Brooke Brooke Michael and Jeremy's dad I think are the characters that I really like here but Brooke is supposed to like sound kind of obnoxious here So naturally, I like her. She also seems like such a good person who is unbelievably gullible, but has a good heart and good disposition overall. Like she's clearly sensitive. She has her dislikes and likes and she does let herself be influenced by her friends for sure but she unlike her friend chloe is actually kind of nice and pure and she really reminds me uh, amy from sex education if you watch that show she gives me that vibe. yeah you're right yeah right? i do watch that show so okay you're right, did you watch right. the third season i did it, what did you think <laughs> oh did you already watch it too? oh i did i did, I did. yes okay. as soon as it came out actually um i was very dissatisfied with what they did with um adam and oh and- Adam. like no adam and what's his name oh yeah 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 yeah. adam and um uh oh my god i feel horrible uh, no he's a really Otis's best friend so there yeah. is Otis. there is what's his name what is his name but you know what i'm talking about right <laughs> like their relationship yes i'm trying to think what oh okay, okay. <laughs> <Like>, just connect <laughs> um uh, no, we can cut that part. No, no yeah. need to. No need to think about it. I will Google it. Okay. Um, I feel so bad, especially since he had like a, a pretty considerable storyline here too. That is true. Eric. <laughs> oh yes, Eric. Oh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I was very very disappointed with what they what they do to their relationship, and especially Eric's character. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he's the villain there. He's the true yeah. villain of season three. I feel like if they want different things, like they're in different stages in terms of how they accept themselves, uh-huh. the identity and stuff. Like I can understand and respect that, but they need to do a better job. Like at least not by having Eric cheated mm-hmm. on Adam, especially since Adam finally opens up. And I don't know. Yeah, that's just me though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to be honest, I am part of the subreddit for the sex education uh, series. So mm-hmm. I see the discourse that goes on there. And there is kind of heated discourse. So obviously people love Eric, but they hate him in season three and his actions. But they also have some really valid points that are Eric cheated on Raheem, who was a lovely boyfriend when they were together. Yeah. Like he was so nice and considerate towards him. 
and he still cheated on him and him and adam already had some issues with adam still like not being fully out of the closet and eric being fully out of the closet right so the fact they cheated on raheem without any issues and the fact that you don't add him with issues, I think kind of makes sense to me, but it doesn't make Eric more likable. It makes him more complex, I feel mm. like, but it doesn't make him more likable. But this was definitely Adam's season. So when you said Adam, I was like, what? How no, could you no, do I this love Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I think I grew to really, really like him. And I also, surprisingly, because I never thought I, I would like Ruby from season one. Oh, but yeah. then she was so different and she got so much more development in in the early half of the season, which is really, really cool. Um, too bad that of, it didn't spend too much time on her on the second half, though. I was kind of hot and cold on Ruby because for some, like, I do like that they give her a little bit more development, but I was still kind of pissed about how she treated Otis to begin with. She's like, oh, I don't like your clothes. I'm choosing your clothes. Like, yeah, stuff that's like true. That. That's really controlling. It seems like a red flag to me. But in any I think case, she just have a hard time like expressing care and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think she knows how to um, communicate sincerely mm-hmm. and that's why she thinks she can only show love by mm-hmm. controlling other people um but sorry i'm like definitely <laughs> talking way too much about this oh but, but i yeah, love it's to a good show. i didn't even know i it was like is is she gonna understand or is anybody going to understand this because i don't hear that much buzz about sex education but it's a wonderful series even though it's ex- like very explicit so if you have oh, if you're okay yeah. with that watch it because the plot is really good yeah in a healthy way though in a healthy way yeah yeah but i love amy i love amy as a character she just seems so nice i like really mean characters and i like really really nice characters too it just depends on the level of awareness of the mean characters i think and since amy is an angel i like her the fact that she broke up with her boyfriend i forgot his name as well hurt me more than eric and adam's relationship i think because they were so perfect for each other yeah yeah agree Um, so yeah, because I think Brooke reminds me of Amy, I really, really like Brooke. So Do You Run a Ride is getting a gold star for me. I have nothing to say about Be More Chill, so let's go to Sync Up. Be More Chill Part 2, I mean. So let's go to Sync Up. Yeah, um, it's too messy for mm. me. Uh, it's also kind of long. Mm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like maybe the whole idea of the transformation here just seems very childish to me Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I also get it because it's high school right um and I also like the details that it adds to some of the interactions that Jeremy has with other people so for example that um when I think Jenna was the the gossip girl right mm-hmm. and the script told him told him that oh yeah jenna usually they she spreads gossip but then people don't really care about her after the information was passed on and she was waving at him and as long as the the sorry as soon as the script like says that and that he should ignore her uh, jeremy just turns her turn his head around to not interact with her uh, i just thought it was so interesting and so realistic too to mm-hmm. have that sort of in, in reaction to somebody because I feel like even though yeah you don't have a chip in your head but then if you learn something if you heard something about this one person like oh this person is whatever like you shouldn't talk to them I feel like it's so normal for kids especially in high school to just stop interacting with this person based on something that you heard um, yeah. about them 
and and yeah that's <laughs> that's how bowling happens and <laughs> <laughs> and role definitely reversed here which is interesting um but other than that i don't really have too much to say about the song especially musically because it's just not really my taste mm-hmm. i would say like most of the songs in this musical are just okay like i I'm okay with most of them. They're not horrible, but it's just not my typical cup of tea. So yeah. And this one is just one of those um, less memorable numbers for me. So that's pretty much it. But how about you? Personally, I tend to agree with you. I just find a song kind of boring. I think it's also worse because it's more of an echo of more than survive. And it reflects the new status quo, but I don't think it even approaches the memorability of More Than Survive, which makes it worse because it reminds you of better things, but doesn't deliver. I have to say an aspect that I did enjoy, though, is again, Brooke, she's adorable. And in addition to the Michael Protection Squad, I'm starting a Brooke Defense Club as well. We meet every Mondays and Wednesdays. (laughs) And the reason for that club being established is... Uh, she has like a line about like, oh, that was French. And I have issues with dairy, <laughs> which I found hilarious. So I just love the way that she interacts there. Yeah, <laughs> that was French. <laughs> oh, uh, man. She continues with that, too. This is not the, like a soul incident. Like she tries to bring up French around Jeremy constantly and she deserves <laughs> so much more. Uh, then there is more than survivor praise. I have nothing to say. Me too. A guy that I'd kind of be into. I don't really like the song, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's too repetitive and boring to me. And I also have a hard time because uh, relating to the song because I personally um, would never, I never really feel like I would develop romantic feelings for friends that I've known for a long time. Mm-hmm. So when she says that, oh, I've known this person for so long, and but then you know he changed and I changed, and then I all of a sudden find him so attractive. This probably happened to a lot of people, but I just don't have that. So I find it very, very hard to believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's just me though. How about you? Um I prefer the song over I Love Play Rehearsal in terms of her solos, but the reason why I prefer this, I don't think are more related to like how good the song is. I think it's a comparison to I Love Play Rehearsal. Like she has great energy here and the actress does really a tremendous job in terms of acting and singing. Like she has a really good voice in my opinion. Um, so that those kind of elements elevate the song and not the song elevating the elements. So mm-hmm. mediocre at best. The script lurks. I have nothing to say. Yeah, me too. Upgrade. Um, it, it feels like Jeremy is selling his soul to the devil. (laughs) And uh, and by the way, Jake was a different person here. And I was so confused. I think he was played by a different person here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like, who are you? But okay. Um, and I can agree with you. I like Brooke a lot. So, um, yeah, even though that she makes a lot of jokes on the stage and she tends to make the audience laugh a lot but I find some truth in what she says about how everyone pays attention to her friend first um and she always feels like she's being ignored or or whatever so I feel you Brooke yeah yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I think especially when you're friends with somebody who's like very popular or very just always the center of attention, it's so realistic that you will feel this way.、Mm-hmm. So definitely find her relatable, and it's also like adding more layers to her character too. And I also feel more for her.、Um, so yeah, what a what an adorable character.、Um, what else? And I. Also, the only part that I really like is when everyone thinks I'm so tired of being the person that everyone thinks I am.、Mm-hmm. That I am because I feel like it's a it's a good、um, musical element to kind of sort of make the audience understand that it's not just one person's struggle, but more like collectively everyone is struggling、um, to to kind of jump out of that box or like they feel exactly the same way as each other and that they're unhappy with their projection on other people. So I think that part speaks to not only Jeremy but like all the other characters' struggle、um, of of just struggling、uh, with feeling disconnected between themselves and how other perceives them. So that's a pretty nice part in the song. But overall, it, it's an okay song. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't have too much to say. I agree with you again. I feel like we're going to be agreeing throughout the entire musical. It's pretty okay, pretty un- unmemorable with upgrade itself. But when it morphs into tired of being the person that everybody thinks I am, I think it really elevates it.、Um, it also gives me like immense Dear Evan Hansen vibes, not in a bad way though. And it just beats you over the head with the messaging. I personally don't mind that it does that. Like if it spells out the message they have for the entire musical.、Uh, but just as a person, I don't think this is something that I struggled with. I don't think I try to become somebody I'm not. I don't think I can. Again, horrible, horrible actor. And I don't really care if people are in a different stage of life or if they care about like what kind of house they live in or what kind of job they have. I do me. So it's another reason why I. Feel Feel like I had an issue relating to a lot of the messaging in the musical.、Mm-hmm. Um, now, Act One closer, loser, geek, whatever. Um, yeah, this is the song I think we talked about earlier in this episode too, when、mm-hmm. he just decided to ditch、uh, Michael once and for all. So, Michael, you deserve better. It's okay. Um, I feel <laughs> like. Yeah, I I am conflicted in the song because, like I said, I do feel his emotion and his feeling, his frustration of always being、um, the one getting ignored and bullied. But at the same time, it just to me just doesn't justify his action of ditching his friend、mm-hmm. at all, like ever. So, yeah, I. I don't know if it's because I forget how stressful it could be in a high school environment, but like you said, maybe this is an over dramatic interpretation of how high school could be like. But maybe for some people, this is what they actually experience, and if they had the chance to be popular, they would grab whatever chance that could be. So、mm-hmm. I have no idea, and I don't want to speak on behalf of somebody else. But it just for me, I just. I can really hard. I find it really hard to relate to、um, Jeremy's behavior, and I just really felt really really bad for Michael. But at the same time, I also feel bad for Jeremy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. I think it's a good insight into、um, seeing how he has been feeling, and I feel like 
the fact that he communicates some sort of anger in the song is actually a really good touch on um, interpreting the emotion of Jeremy as a character mm-hmm. because I would be angry too. Like if putting myself in his shoes, I think there is definitely the element of fear and sadness even, but then the fact that you also feel angry about the situation and how hopeless it was to um, as to there was nothing that you could do to change that situation you will naturally feel pretty angry about it, I think. So it's pretty realistic and it's a, it's a nice addition to um, the character's death. But that's that's my thought. How about you? I agree and echo your thoughts 100%. I don't have anything to add because I think you touched on everything. I just would say that this is actually musically my favorite. Mm, okay. The next one is Act 2 opener, and it's Halloween, and I think it's straight-up trash as an Act 2 opener. (laughs) It's just super forgettable. It's low-key annoying. As we already discussed, this is kind of a Mean Girls rip-off, especially, actually, they do it with one of my faves, with Brooke. Oh, Halloween is the one night I get to be somebody I'm not, and that's exactly what happened with Karen, who is actually a character she's also similar to. Um, for Mean Girls. I am done. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I'm like waiting for you to like continue, but okay. Um, I agree. I don't really like party songs. Yeah. I think that's just about it. Like, I don't, I don't like party songs. I don't like this number. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can move on. Okay, very two act week opener. I'm very dis- act week opener. Act two opener. I'm very disappointed in them. Do you want to hang? Do we have anything to say about it? I really hate this one. I think both the character and the plot is just disgusting. So I have nothing to say. Good. Uh, Michael in the bathroom. That's the big one. What are your thoughts, Claire? I love this song because I love Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like I'm already biased. But what I'm not biased about is his vocal is really mm-hmm. great and super stable. And I especially really enjoy I think maybe the last line or the second last line when he says, all you know about me is my name, because it's true. Like as audience, we know nothing about Michael, like background, story, um, relationship. We pretty much know nothing about him aside from the fact that he's uh, Jeremy's best friend and that's it. And I, I feel really, really bad for him, but musically is such a beautiful song. So this is easily, easily my favorite. Um, I, I really enjoy it, both just the character, the, the music, and even just the context of the song. Like, I think it, it really communicates well. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that this is your favorite. This is also the most well-known song in the musical. It is essentially uh, the law that you have to the include law. this song in every single modern musical compilation that you do. I'm convinced <laughs> it is the law. And I don't know if this is because Michael is just such an angel and deserves the whole entire world for himself or because the actor is just so amazing. And we already discussed the actor who is also very famously Grover. I think the song itself is really, really good. I don't think it's the best <laughs> in the musical. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Maybe I just like certain aspects of it a lot more it just maybe personal 
preference. I really like the background music here. It never becomes like the forefront, like the melody that he sings throughout the song, but it has like the little tune. It starts with the thing that I love and the performance itself. Amazing. It tugs at your heartstring. The song itself is just so, so good, but just for you, is it musically or is it because of Michael or Michael's actor? I think it's all of those <laughs> for okay. me. Oh, musically um, as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Like maybe for me, at least the version that we watch, I think he's easily the most stable singer on, on the stage. And yeah. um, and because of that, this one is the most memorable for me. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why it became viral or like it become very well known. Um, it could be for reasons that is not within my knowledge, but <laughs> I would have, I would not have known like why it was so popular, but it just, for me is because of the vocal okay. <laughs> and, and, and Michael, and that's pretty okay. much it. Yeah. Um, do you have to say anything about a guy that I kind of be into reprise or the smartphone hour? No. Okay. How about the pants song? It's okay. I don't really have a lot to say about this one, though. How about mm-hmm. you? I don't have much to say about it musically or narratively. I just like Jeremy's dad. And I can see how much he loves him. Uh, how about The Pitiful Children? I think it's a nice song vocally, um, especially after Jenna joins. But yeah, aside from that, like, it, it, it's okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I have in my notes. I don't like this performance as much just before she joins. And I already said, I don't know what happened with the actor who played the script. Uh, yeah. I, think it, I think it was just an off day. I don't know. Uh, but Jenna, I didn't even remember her name. So thank you for that. It was just like, oh, the girl who gossips and then gets ignored. She saves <laughs> a song for me. Um, she saves a song here and it also in, also in smartphone hour. I just wish she was given more lines or solo because she's crazy talented. She has really good vocal abilities Mm -hmm. and the musical could have used it. Not that the people here are not really, really good. I think there was only one performance I took issue with that I already explained, but I think it might be an off day. Um, It just, she's really, really good. Yeah. Really, Um, really amazing vocal. Yeah. Also in terms of charisma, (laughs) I feel really, really bad. I'm sure that this is just a performance we'll watch and nothing else. Like, I'm sure he's been great in everything else. But I don't see the actor who played the squip being able to be charismatic enough to carry the entire villain song by himself. Because mm. before that, I was really blind. And when Jenna joins in and the choir joins in after her, the song improves so dramatically. So I think it's also an issue with charisma. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Play Voices in My Head. Um, are we combining the two of them? We can, and we can also combine with our final thoughts. Though I think okay, we probably cool. will just summarize what we've already said already. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we said a lot already yeah. about how we think. So maybe um, no final so thoughts. Probably no final thoughts. <laughs> okay. But I'll say what I think about these last two songs, which is I love the Michael makes an entrance part in the play mm-hmm. um, because this is sing in the same tune as Michael in the bathroom. Um, so I, I thought he definitely has a lot more confidence and he saves the day. So there you go, Michael. This is your moment to shine. Um, other than that, it's very long and very messy again. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really a big fan of the play. And for Voices in My Head, I think it's an okay ending. Musically, it's okay. It's very long finale, but it's a finale, so I'll let it go. Um, the message is, is good, but 
really is not a very strong finale, in my opinion. I think it just kind of wraps everything up, which is what a finale should do. But、um, musically, it's not stunning. It's not very outstanding. There are better songs than than this one, but I do think the fact that、um, they touches upon the fact that there are other voices in his head, but then he wants to listen to his own from now on. I think that's a good message to have. So I'll give them a good mark because of that.、Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's about me. But how about you? I don't have much to say about the play, but in terms of the voices in my head, I think it's a very solid end for the musical. I agree with you; it's not the best song here, but I think it's still pretty good. It wraps up the conflict well, and I also like that it ends with "More Than Survive." And overall, I think it has a very endearing, heartfelt ending and message where things wrap up satisfactorily and. Also, by the end of it, I actually don't hate Jeremy and Christine, which is a huge, huge thing to undertake and a huge turnaround for me. So I think overall pretty successful, a huge、mm-hmm. bonus, very nice. So now that we wrapped that part up, should we go to the, our very next infamous part,、sure. which you can introduce? Let's see. So I think this is our favorite part. So just the quiz. Did it? Did the link go through? <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. Oh, thank God. Um, and today we are doing a quiz. Which be more chill character are you? This is from Theater Nerds. Yay. Okay. So first, how many friends do you have? Starting with a very intimate question. The options are a lot. I have one really close friend. A good amount. I have one friend, but I want more. I'm too busy telling people what to do to have friends. I'm friends with everyone except the losers. Um. Well, the truth is, I have some pretty close friends, not just one, but I don't know which one that、uh, is the closest to all the options here. So I'm going to pick. I have one really close friend. Oh, I I'm in the same situation as you, but I feel like I'll put a good amount. Because、okay. I don't know. What are your thoughts on popularity? It would be nice. What's the point? I've already got it. I can show you how to get it. I want it. I didn't have it at first, but now I do. It's nice to get the gossip. I'm not really worried about it, and it keeps you away from the losers.、Uh, it's definitely either what's the point, and or. I'm not really worried about it, so I think I'm probably going to go with I'm not really worried about it. Same. What type of music do you listen to? Whatever is popular, '90s stuff like Bob Marley, Eminem, musicals. I'm a Broadway baby. Rap slash R and B. Whatever I feel like. I don't really listen to a lot of music. I listen to it if a friend recommends it. I'll say whatever I feel like. I guess recently I've been skewing musicals and Glee. <laughs> Do you love play rehearsals? Yes, I like it, but I'm not crazy about it. I don't care for these juvenile things. No, not if my friend doesn't. I can never remember my lines. I got into it because I wanted to impress someone. No, no, <laughs> same. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Michael in the bathroom, duh. A guy that I'd kind of be into. I love play rehearsals. Do you want to ride more than survive? The pitiful children, the script song, 
the smartphone hour do you want to hang <laughs> um michael in the bathroom um my favorite is not here so i'm gonna go with that too what are your thoughts on getting a squip it's the best way to get what you need you should totally get one it's stupid just be yourself it's dangerous it seems like a good idea at first but it's better to just let people like you for you I don't need one. I'm already cool. Maybe if a friend did it, I probably would. I try one if they start getting really popular. Squips are for desperate losers. They make you do things you don't want to do. It seems like a good idea at first, but it's better just like people like you for you. I'm going to go with it's dangerous. Do you want a ride or do you want to hang? I'm going to pick Brooke. Duh. <laughs> Which of the squips would be yours? Keanu Reeves, Sean Connery, Jack Nicholson, sexy animal, theme anime, animal, anime. I'm sorry. Why didn't they just say um, uh, Miku, Hatsune Miku? I don't know. Is it supposed to be Hatsune Miku only? I, I <laughs> have any? no idea. Evil Kermit. I would never get a squip. And before you say I would never get a script, if you do want to choose that, choose something else because I'm curious. What? Why? Because okay. I'm curious which one you would think. I mean, you can still uh, choose it, but I'm curious still which one you would think. All right. Would. Anime female. I'm going to go with Evil Kermit, but it was a decision between the two of them. Okay. Uh, are you actually going to pick anime female? Or yeah, why not? You... Let's go. Okay. <laughs> what would you be for Halloween? Michael Jackson, Juliet, Jason, I don't have a machete, but a loaf of bread will do. Sexy baby, sexy dog, killer clown, a cyborg, myself. I don't do celebrating. I don't do celebrating. I guess I'll go for Juliet. Lastly, who's your favorite character? This doesn't affect your answer. Jeremy, Christine, Michael. We're gonna both going to go with Michael. Yeah. But Rich, Brooke, Chloe, Jake, Jenna, Mr. Here, the squad. Okay, who did you get? I got Michael. How about you? Christine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Oh, interesting. So mine reads, you're Michael, you're the ultimate best friend, you're loyal, caring, and you're, you love geeky old school stuff. Um, also, almost everybody was introduced to this musical because of her solo song. That's okay. True. You're Christine, you're loud, amazing, and geeky. You march to the beat of your own drum and always speak your mind. You do your own thing and don't care who's watching. You're the very definition of the theater kid stereotype. I can assure you I'm not, <laughs> but... Yeah, you're Yeah, you're not. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. Rachel Berry is, and you watched at least one, at least four episodes of Blay. So, yeah. yes, you know, we have no similarities. Okay, so I guess that leaves us only for the final score. Drumroll, please. Ah, man, um... I will give it maybe six out of ten, trying to think. Pants, how about you? Um, I'm going to give it 5.5 out of 10 M&M shirts. Okay, cool. Cool. We are completing it to one full outfit. Yeah, why not, that right? <laughs> might or might not be obnoxious, depending on what kind of pants you had in mind. Um, okay, so I think that is all we have for Be More Chill today. If you want to discuss Be More Chill with us, um, any previous musical we 
discussed previously in the previous podcast in previous times or if you want to give us recommendations you can find us at podway podcast on reddit instagram and twitter but not actually twitter and if you're not a social media person you can find us at podway podcast at gmail.com now this is something that i only recently became aware of but if you listen to us please consider giving us a review on what whichever platform you listen to us through because apparently that really boosts the algorithm and that would be really really nice if it could be a little bit boosted so uh, we would love to hear it we would love to hear your opinion any kind of engagement with you um, it will really warm our hearts so we'd appreciate it we also recently launched our YouTube channel so you can also find us on YouTube the first and only episode we have on our channel so far is Holy Musical Batman but we're going to upload any future episodes we're recording and also start slowly Um, putting all of our previous episodes on the platform as well so if you are more of a visual person you can find us there or if you like having youtube in the background you can find us there as well um is there anything else that i was thinking about saying or that i usually say in here (laughs) i think that's probably it okay but just want to wish everybody happy lunar new year again and thank you so much for listening thank you for listening everybody Bye. Bye.